Welcome to Faith and Friction, where we are confronting the challenging conversations that cause friction in the church. And welcome to our Patreon, where we're giving you extended and exclusive content just for the members. Mm -hmm. And so we are excited to go on this journey with you guys. We are excited to be uploading tons of content here that is just for you guys. And so join this journey with us. What are we doing today? Ooh, y'all. The viewers have spoken, yeah. and we're yes. going to answer. We're going Nephilim Part 2. Nephies. Let's do it. Nephies and Nephies. Come on. <laughs> Check out our merch. Yes. Uh, yeah, so let's start at the beginning. Pastor Jason. Yes. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, our most uh, popular, I think, so far yeah, episode. Yeah, by far. It is. And I would say polarizing. Yeah. So we have yeah. some... You think mm-hmm. it was intense, the first one. We're about Ooh. to go there today, yeah. and uh, let's do it. I want to start in the beginning here before I turn it over to Anna Lee for some in-depth theological discussion. Um, in Genesis chapter 3, this is where the Nephilim, if you will, story begins. And in the first episode, we talked about the seed war. I'm just going to read it quickly, and this will be our launching point here. Genesis chapter 3, verses 14 and 15 says, So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you're cursed more than all cattle, and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. Verse 15 says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. So God really prophesies and says to Satan in the very beginning that the seed of woman is going to bring your destruction one day. And of course, I don't like to say if I were the devil, but I mean, if you're thinking from his perspective, if that's going to be your end and you know you're going to be crushed by the seed of woman, then you're looking for this seed through every generation. And so what would you try to do if you're trying to stop this destruction that will come through her seed? You're attacking the seed of Eve. Mm -hmm. So that's through every which way. That might be through wars, trying to kill them, but also we learn in this seed war, as we like to call it, he's trying to pervert the seed so that the Messiah Mm -hmm. cannot come and bring his destruction. I'm going to let you take it from there. Yeah, and I love that because that's why there's so much power in the blood, because this is Mm. the pure blood uh, of Jesus, because it was a pure Edemic bloodline. Uh, But so... On the Nephilim episode, if you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend that you go check that out mm-hmm. because we really lay a, a really solid foundation. But just to give you a little bit of what we talked about, a lot of information you can get from the Book of Enoch. And one of the things that the viewers were like, how, how could you even mention the Book of Enoch? I mean, this isn't yeah. canon. Actually, just to give you some info, the Ethiopian Bible which is the oldest and most complete Bible on the earth. It's almost 800 years older than the King James Version, has the Book of Enoch still in it. So this is a great resource to look at. At least you can use it as extra biblical text if you don't, you know, believe it to be completely true. But that gives you a lot of information on the Nephilim. But even in the Bible, just what we have today, it has information on the fallen angels which created the nephilim with the uh with the humans and so uh psalm 82 1 says god presides in the divine assembly he renders judgment among the gods and these are the angels so these angels were given domain over certain parts of the earth and they broke their territories and started doing abominations and things that god was not happy with 
Psalm 82, 6 says, I have said you are gods, but like mortals, you will die. He's talking about these fallen angels. Even Job 1, 6 says, there was a day when the sons of God, these are the angels, came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came among them. So all throughout the scriptures, yeah. there's, there's um, information on these fallen angels and it says God was going to uh, kind of just destroy them. Jude 1.6 says, And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. And so it's clear that these angels were going against the will of God. And that's where Genesis 6.4 talks about they came into the daughters of man. So Genesis 6, 4 says there were giants, which is the same word for Nephilim, if you look in the Hebrew, on the earth in those days and also afterward. That afterward is after the flood. When the sons of God, these were the angels who left their domain, came into the daughters of man and bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. So this is where all of this starts. Yep. This is where the Nephilim are created from mm. these fallen angels and the daughters of man. It's interesting because in Genesis 6, 4, it says there were giants, and that word giants in Hebrew, mm -hmm. like you said, is the word uh, nephil, which is the mm -hmm. word for Nephilim on earth. But then it goes on in that same Genesis 6, 4 and says, in those days and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. So once again, when the fallen angels had children with uh, women, mm -hmm. earthly women, then their children were known as the mighty men, which is the Nephilim. But that word mighty men is not the word Nephilim again in the same scripture. It's the word Gibor. And the word Gibor speaks of giants or mm -hmm. powerful giants, large, powerful beings. And so you kind of see this interchange in scripture between Nephilim and Gibor. It's like a different way of saying Nephilim. It's Because mm -hmm. in the same verse, it says, the, the, the children of these half-angel, half-human are Gibor or Nephilim. And I kind of wanted to make that really clear because as we're about to read here in a second in Genesis 10, we're going to talk about Nimrod. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you know this, but you can look this up. Many theologians have a lot of writing on this. Nimrod was a Nephilim or a Gibor. And, um, of course, we know you can almost read ahead when you think of what Nimrod did with the Tower of Babel. And most scholars believe and, and even write that Nimrod was the first true world leader, like the first person in history that really took a world stage into where he was directing the masses of people and really took control. And, of course, from Nimrod came many um, generations and um, cultures and countries, if you will, cities that, that did the same thing where we had world leadership. And I, as we read this, one of the things that shocked me is he kind of has a type of an antichrist fig figure because what he did is very, very similar to the antichrist. And I'm not saying the antichrist will have the spirit of Nimrod or anything like that, but look it up yourself. You never know. Mm -hmm. It's very similar. But one of the things he did is he hunted the people that worshipped uh, Yahweh or worshipped God. And... Because it says he was a hunter. I'll read it in Genesis 10, verses 8 through 12. Cush begot Nimrod, 
and he began to be a mighty one. That's that mm. word gibor again. Yeah. So it's just now alluding back to Genesis 6 and says he was a mighty one, a gibor um, on the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Uh, therefore, it is said like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And that word before is the same word in Hebrew you can translate it as against. Because we know that Nimrod wasn't serving yeah. the Lord okay. and serving Yahweh. So he was a mighty hunter against the Lord. And um, historical writings and many ancient texts talk about him actually hunting down the followers of the one true God mm -hmm. as an antichrist figure trying to destroy those who are serving the true God because he was trying to elevate himself. Sounds like somebody else yeah. Yeah. in heaven that said, mm -hmm. I want to be like him. I want to be on the throne and be the leader. And that same pride rose up in him, and he was tattooing or marking the people mm -hmm. that served Yahweh. Wow. Reminds me of a scripture in Revelation. Yeah, yeah. the Antichrist. <laughs> I mean, just the mark of the beast. And so yeah. all of these parallels you'll th see throughout scripture. And then in verse um, 10, in Genesis 10, it goes on to say, And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Erech, Akkad, Kalneh, and the land of Shinar, which is a very important word there, Shinar. From that land, he went to Assyria and built Nineveh, Rehoboth, Kalah, Resen, between Nineveh and Kalah. Okay, these are all these words. So here's mm -hmm. what I want to say, is that he is now the first leader that really impacts the entire world and is trying to move the population away from God. This is after the flood. And we know, as in Genesis 6, says the Nephilim were on earth before the flood mm -hmm. and after the flood. So trying to explain, well, how did they survive the flood? And there's all these debates um, if God was wiping them out to destroy the Nephilim, then who knows? The angels could have done it again. I mean, there are a lot of theories here, but we know they were here after the flood. And it's important to know that Nimrod was now the leader of these Nephilim. Yeah. He was a leader of the world, but he was a Gibor or a Nephilim. And so he's leading the people and the Nephilim, obviously, in a dark, demonic way and trying to once again pervert the seed. Yeah. Satan has nothing new. He's always been about the same thing to, to avert his destruction in the future. And there's where I just want to get a few real interesting things here. One thing, and this is just some info about Nimrod. This is only a Patreon type thing. We wouldn't mm -hmm. even give this on the normal, but since you're, <laughs> this is more stuff. of a Bible study. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to kind of go through some, some info and some things that I've learned and found as well. I want to invite you to join our brand new Faith and Friction Patreon, where we'll be giving you exclusive content. We're talking about things like Nephilim Part 2. A lot of you have asked about that. We're going through Daniel's End Times timeline, and we're going to prove how his timeline pre-Christ was so accurate that you wouldn't believe. And so if you want to jump in on some of these conversations, click the link in our bio and sign up today. We can't wait to see you there and go deeper together.